0: Hi, and welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians that are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler, the Christian Productivity Coach. You know, one of the things that I love to do on this podcast is to talk to other coaches, and today's guest is one of my favorites. Sue Bidstrup is the founder of Great Big Yes, a coaching company that empowers women to say yes to the thing they feel most called to do. Today's episode is a lively conversation with topics that include Is ambition holy? How to manage being a multi passionate entrepreneur? How to learn to rest as an overachiever? And lots more. Sue also provides practical steps to help you say yes and boldly step out in faith toward the next thing you feel called to do. I'd love to get your feedback on this episode. DM me on Instagram with comments, questions, or aha moments from today's conversation. You can find me on Instagram at Don Sadler. You can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Sue online at donsadler.com/slash slash 047. And now, let's meet Sue. Hi, Sue. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Dawn. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor, and I've been just looking forward to meeting you and talking to you.
0: Yeah, so we um we're going to jump into your story in a li- in just a moment. I do like to sometimes uh tell our listeners how I got connected with a guest because I think it's kind of fun all of the different ways that God works. Yeah. And um you and I got uh connected on Instagram. I'm not sure how. I think it may have been through Caroline Williams. Yes. Uh,
1: it was. yeah uh-huh.
0: yeah um, and i've been following you and you're a, a business coach i love your content you're one of the coach you're one of my go-to coaches on instagram that i'm always looking for your content i'm always inspired by it thank you and so uh yeah i, I i'm i'm just so glad that you're here to share your wisdom with our listeners so for anyone who does not yet know you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do Yeah.
1: So my name is Sue Bidstrup and I, my company is Great Big Yes. And it's funny because I think I'm coining a new term. I'm a yes coach. That's what I'm calling myself now (laughs) because I struggled with, am I a life coach? Am I a business coach? I'm a certified life coach and I started life coaching and I realized that almost everyone I was coaching had a business in mind or a passion project they finally wanted to pursue or Um, a ministry they wanted to start, a message they wanted to share, right? They had this dream in their heart. God had put something on their heart and they wanted to do it. And they just needed that coaching to kind of get them unstuck. And so I kind of became a business coach in that way, but it's so much more than that, right? So I helped them with the marketing and the practical tools to move forward, but... It's also about mindset and helping them get the clarity that they need to move forward and being a Christian and really coaching from a perspective of your identity is in Christ and God has a plan and purpose for your life. And the confidence comes from there. You know, I heard somebody say that it's called Godfidence versus confidence, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of really kind of reminding people sometimes like who they are and whose they are and they're then helping them with the marketing, if that makes sense. So it really is, I don't know whether to call it a life coach, a Christian life coach, a Christian business coach, an entrepreneur coach, a mindset coach. So I'm calling it a yes coach. I help women say yes to creating a business and a life that they love.
0: I love that. Let's talk about that for a moment because uh, I also struggled with what to call myself. I settled on productivity coach and it's very similar. People come and just how do I get all this, all these ideas organized to move forward. But I want to talk a little bit about um, just this stigma around life coach. Yeah. And I want to talk about that if you felt that, because I think people who would really benefit from coaching sometimes get stuck on this life coach. I I could never personally, I always struggled with that through my own stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. And I think that's a form of what we all do. But did you struggle with that at all? And tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yes. I struggled with it.
1: And at one point I heard, because I'm also a yoga teacher and I have my master's in yoga and I um, teach trauma-sensitive yoga. And I, I do that as ministry and I've taught yoga um, for survivors of sex trafficking, and it's something that I love. It's uh, it's such a big part of my journey with the Lord as well. Um, and I heard myself say one time, someone was asking me what I do, and I said, "Well, I'm a yoga teacher and a life coach." And I was like, "Oh, brother!"
0: <laughs> I was like, "I am so cliche right now. I'm
1: embarrassed that I just said that." <laughs> and I was like, "This is ridiculous," you know, because. Uh, Yes, there's a stigma that comes with that, right? And it sort of felt like, oh, sure, what are you going to do next, right? And the truth is, I also love essential oils and like all of the things. And I just felt (laughs) like I was so cliche in that moment. So yes, I I have struggled with that. I don't think many people understand what coaching really is. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there calling themselves life coaches. And that means different things to different people. Yeah, And so I think um, understanding kind of what coaching is, once people do it, once they get a taste of it, if if you have had a coach before and you're listening, you understand this, it's so transformative. It's so powerful. Um, But I do think there is a stigma around it. So yeah, I had a hard time calling myself a life coach. And it's not entirely what I do because what I realized when I learned about coaching is Coaching is really asking a lot of questions. Coaching is helping that person discover. So you may be on a coaching call for an hour and you are you really spoke, like maybe you asked four or five questions. Um, what I like to do is I love coaching and I love teaching. And I realized those are two very different things. And so as I started growing in w- my work and what I was doing, I realized I'm kind of both of those things. And so it's not just strictly life coaching. And then it took a turn and started being a lot of business coaching, marketing coaching, Instagram coaching. You know, I have like a five step, like simple plan to launch your marketing because I think a lot of people get stuck there. You know, they know what they want to do, but they just don't know how to begin. So I help them find the clarity and the confidence. So yeah, life coaching was. I think people have different views of it. Even my husband was kind of like, what are we doing? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so true. But I feel like, I don't know if you feel like this is true for you, but every single time I have, um, leveled up in a way that was sustainable, mm-hmm. it was because I hired a coach Yes, and When I'm on Instagram, I know immediately when some, when somebody I follow or a friend of mine has hired a coach because it is just, it's like a light switch goes off and I will reach out to them and be like, you're working with a coach, aren't you? And they're like, yeah, I am because coaching is so important for leveling up to show us our blind spots, to help us organize our ideas, to prioritize all everything that we have in our head. And I just, yeah, I wanted to talk through that because I, I think a lot of people, I mean, I know that I struggle with saying that I was a life coach, but I have hired life coaches before and mm-hmm. I've been embarrassed to even say that. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm working with a, you know, a coach. Well, what kind of coach? Well, you know what I mean? And yeah. so... I just think it's important for people to have a better understanding of what coaching is, um, because I'll have people say, you know, I don't, I don't want coaching, but could you just sit down with me over coffee and like <laughs> talk things out? I'm like, well, that's coaching, that's but coaching. Um, yeah, but it's just a, it's just a, it's just a stigma, and it's uh, so beneficial for me in my life, and I think that's why I. I'm so bold about it now is that I just know that every major leveling up that I have done in my life has come because I have invested in a coach. Do you think yes. that's true for you too?
1: Absolutely. And one of the things I wanted to say about that as well is I'm 51, so I'm in a generation that maybe didn't know about life coaching, right? But I have daughters, my kids are 23, 21, 18. It seems like a, a lot of people in their 20s and 30s, they almost expect to have a coach. Like that's yeah. not weird to them. This is something people do. This is something that they plan to do or they have done and they will do again. So I think it might be um changing in that way. You know, I think a lot of people that are younger are like totally open to the idea. And they're like, Oh, of course I have a coach. And yeah. a lot of them have said it has changed their productivity. It has made them so much more successful. Um, they couldn't do it without them and things like that. And so I love that. I do think it's. It depends kind of on maybe your generation too, because there, there was no such thing as a life coach when I was younger, when I was coming up in yeah. my twenties.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I think that's true that it may be generational because I'm 54. In fact, the the my first memory of you is on Instagram, <laughs> of course. And uh, you were asking people if they could name that movie and the movie was Valley Girl. It was, oh, I yeah. think you and your husband, yeah, your first one. <laughs> and I was like, that's a woman who gets me. Um, so I love uh, that movie. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It's a really great movie. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, how did you, I'm just curious. Cause I know that there's a lot of people listening right now who are multi-passionate entrepreneurs. They would categorize themselves as there's a lot of things that they're interested in. And I think that's such a beautiful expression of the abundance of God, really that we, yeah. Um, have so many paths that we can go, and there's yes, time to focus, but there's also time to explore. So, talk to me a little bit about how you. What was that from getting a master's in yoga to going more into coaching? Tell me just a little bit about that journey for you. Yeah. Well, first of
1: all, I love that you said that or asked about this because I I talk to so many people who are multi passionate, right? Like they have all these mm-hmm. things they want to do, and they feel like it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense why they want to uh, be a yoga teacher and a life coach, or it doesn't make sense why they like play an instrument and sing in a band and they want to write a book. Right. And they're trying to connect the dots and they, they can't and i heard this quote it's a steve jobs quote actually i wish i could remember the whole thing but it was all about how we can't connect the dots forward because we can't see everything forward yet but we can we can look back and the dots are connected and we have to trust that those dots yeah. will be connected in the future and so i think that's where our faith comes in because i look back and i go oh that seemed so random but it makes sense now so when i started great big yes it was 10 years ago it was in 2010 and I, I was a mom of young kids and I was at home and I just felt like God was inviting me into something more. He was like, there's more. You know, I didn't want to be a lady who lunched. I didn't want to just keep up with the Joneses. I didn't want to be all about my kids all the time. I, like there were things that were kind of around me that I was like, wait, there has to be more. There has to be more. And I felt this invitation and I felt like God was saying, there is more, follow me there is more, I'll show you, I'll lead you. And my answer to God was yes. And that's mm-hmm. where the great big yes came from. And the great big yes will always be that big overarching umbrella yes of our lives that is that yes to God. That no other yes will ever be as important as that yes. It's the one thing. Like if I say, oh, I want my kids to be happy, which I don't like when people say that, because I'm like, okay, let's, let's not set the bar so low, happy, (laughs) right? Happy, right? Like We're going for joy, like deep seated joy in our hearts. And so when I think of the great big yes, that's that overarching yes to God. Along the way, he has other invitations for us, little invitations, right? They never take away that big invitation of we said yes to God, like, God, I am yours. Use me, lead me what can I, how can I serve your people? How can I worship you? How can I honor you? How can I make you famous? You know, I had someone early on, uh, explain to me that really we're just curtain holders, right? We we're on the stage, we pull back the curtain and Jesus is there, right? Like he's the show. So it's like, Hmm. how do I participate in this? How can I, you know, really just play my part in this and live in that abundant space that you invite us into. And so that's the great big yes. And then the yeses, there's a lot of little yeses along the way. So I, I like had a furniture painting business. I would like literally like grab things from people's garbage, paint them and then sell them. Like I was really into that, like flea marketing and all of that stuff with old things. And, um, one day my husband went out to the garage and the garage was just filled with junk and he was like <laughs> oh my gosh i feel like we're sanford and sons <laughs> like <laughs> what is it's for another for another reference for people in their 50s um, yeah exactly but i was like you're right. Like it became kind of overwhelming. And and then one night, this is funny. I I said to him, you know, I'm gonna go over to my best friend's house. I'm gonna go over to her house and have a glass of wine. Can you put the la- can you put the last coat of uh paint on this <laughs> dresser? And he was like, I think it's time that you don't do painting anymore because you're not really, <laughs> you're not really that <laughs> into it. Right. So I kind of lost interest in that. But I even look back on those times and I realized that's when I started working with clients. That's when I started telling people what I do. That's when I started branching out and inviting people to see my creativity or see what I've done. I I started building relationships and that's everything in marketing, in sales, in coaching, like anything I've ever done in my life, it's relationships. Anything any of us do in our lives is built on relationships. And so that taught me that. And then I, um, felt the call to go become a yoga teacher. And I and this changed my life. I I went through holy yoga training and um, it was about 2012 when I went through that. And that's where I even felt just a deeper calling from the Lord. I remember at one point I was on my mat and I was just laying there. And, and in this time in my life, my kids were probably about like, 9 and 12 and maybe like 14 or something and so my oldest daughter had um some learning disabilities and she just had some things going on and I didn't realize it but during that time I was really uh gripping and and performing and people pleasing and trying to make everything perfect so it looked like everyone everything's fine here nothing to see right and I I there was no space for kind of just a deep exhale in my life. And yoga helped me with that. It brought me to um, that place on my mat where Jesus really just met me. And He said, you know, you can rest. Yeah. You know, you can rest. I've got this. And I remember really surrendering at a deeper level. So I want to encourage people who are listening, even when you say yes to the Lord, you know, however old you are or or whatever that happens for you, He's going to invite you into a deeper yes. And then you get to say yes again. And it's such a, oh, I could just, I'm crying thinking about it because there's a scripture, it's in Isaiah, and it says, um, in, in rest and repentance, oh gosh, I wish I could remember exactly what it says. Um, in rest and repentance, you will find your salvation. Mm. And that was hard for me. As a type A, as a three on the Enneagram, Um, I'm an achiever, I'm a doer. That was really, really hard for me. Uh, But it was transformative because I realized what God was doing then was He was inviting me into kind of a pruning season, like a season where I would be asked to step down, to not be on a stage with a microphone, to not be creating anything, to not be making any money, to not be productive but just to rest in the knowing that he's got me. And that went on for probably then, I guess, what was that, 2012? So that went on until about last year when I felt like he said, okay, now it's time and I want you to step out. I want you to step out in knowing that I'm calling you into this new thing. And that was when I went through coaching training and really feel finally at 51 like, I'm ready to be fully myself. I don't have to people please or perform or achieve to earn my worth. um, But he's inviting me to be fully who he created me to be in my original design with all my silliness and all like my sense of humor and all of that stuff that I kind of felt needed to be tamed a little bit because I needed to have everything perfect. He was like, no, um, it's time for you to just be fully you. And step out in that. So it was a long process, but the yoga piece was huge. It was trans- life-changing um, and transformative and still helps me. The breath helped me, helped me through 2020 as we're all stressed out in 2020. I was so grateful that I have Jesus and yoga. Those two things helped me more than anything this year, just being able to rest and knowing it was going to be okay and just being able to exhale.
0: I think that's so beautiful. There's a couple of things that I think um, that I think are important to talk about. Number one is this idea that this was something that you heard in, in 2012. I think you said, and then last year there was sort of a moment where God's like, "Okay, let's go." And I think listeners may feel like, "Oh my gosh, that's a really long time. Do I have to wait that long before?" Like I feel like I'm sort of in this time this a similar time and do I have to wait that long but there's so much blessing along the way right like sometimes I think as humans we get caught up in oh how long is it three months is it three years is it five years is it 10 years that's too long that's too short whatever but to know that 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 time that you spend is like that is the prize right Yes. All of the blessings, all of the development in that process. It's not like God is withholding that whole time. God is giving and giving and giving. He's just giving outside of other people's applause and accolades and uh, approval. Is that is that accurate? Absolutely. Um, I
1: gained so much in that time, so much peace, so much joy, so much um, wisdom, uh, that came from the Lord. That if I was still mm-hmm. trying to produce all the time and running, um, and just being hurried and uh, competing and all of that, I, I just would have I would have missed it. And I see the people. I, I agree with you. I coach people, and I felt this in my own life, where you're like, "How long do I have to wait?" Right. Right. And that's a prayer that people <laughs> pray through through the years. Right. God, how long will I have to wait? Right. But Knowing that in that time there was so much growth and so much joy and so much peace that I would never wanted it to be hurried because I wasn't ready. Yeah. I mean, that's just the truth. I wasn't ready. I wanted to be this, that, and the other when I was, you know, born. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But he had to bring me through a process of um, pruning, really getting rid of that need to be special or, you know, I mean, I am special, but you know what I mean, need to be on the stage, need to be on the Oprah show or whatever it is that we think we need in order to say that we're worthy. He took that time to show me that I am worthy, that I don't need to earn that. I couldn't earn that anyway. I don't need to earn that. He loves me. And so I love that quote from Brennan Manning that says, you know, define yourself as beloved by God, like you are radically beloved by God, and that is so deep in my bones now that I I'll never forget it. It's the foundation that I build everything on. But without those years of that, I wouldn't know that. I would have breezed right through that. You know, um many people do. I think they get to the end of their life and they kind of missed that invitation. Um, they missed that moment or year or decade of exhaling and just being in rest with the Lord. And so it's, yeah, I I mean, you know, I always say sometimes I'm the bearer of bad news, right? Like I'm coaching people and they'll be like, well, I really want to do this. I'm like, okay, well, you're going to need to, you know, um, set a date and we're going to come up with a strategy and you're going to have to work for this, (laughs) you know, and people are like, oh, I got to work for this. Right. Um, but I love to kind of be that voice of reason, I guess. And wisdom is, I think in the world today, we look at you know, Oh, my kids will say this to me. Well, she's YouTube famous. Like she just hit, she just went viral in like, you know, a day. And it's like, well, that's not really what I'm trying to build here. Right? Like I want it to be built on something on, on God and, and his foundation and the strength that comes from that. And so when your source is the Lord, um, anything is possible. And so I see the difference and maybe you do too with coaching. I see coaches who are out there and I've joined groups and masterminds and different things where people aren't rooted in the Lord. And it it feels flimsy to me. Um, it feels like we're trying to be fly by the night kind of success. And that's not what I want in my life. And so do you have to wait sometimes? And then sometimes maybe God will give it to you um, overnight. But I, I also love that quote that says, 10 years of hard work and everyone will call you an overnight success. <laughs> it's so true. Because we don't do. know what went on behind the scenes. And we don't know that with other people as well. And I, I want to encourage people to think about that. You don't know what somebody's put in, those hours that she's put in behind the scenes, those you know decades of prayer, um, right? We don't know. And we kind of assume looking at an
0: Instagram highlight reel. So talk to me, I think all of that is brilliant. Talk to me about being a three on the Enneagram um, and an achiever, which I understand completely. Going through this process of uh, moving away from people-pleasing, being more rooted in the Lord, talk to me about what that looks like now on the other side of that process. um, Are you... Do you still feel like you're, that you have that same drive, that you have that same ambition? I feel like a, a conversation I'm constantly having is the holiness of ambition that uh. some people are like, that is so like, no, that is, that is not of God. And, uh, you, you know, all of that. And so talk to me a little bit about just what it means to be an achiever on the other side of this process that you walk through with God. Okay. Okay. I want to have you on my podcast. So we need to talk about the holiness
1: <laughs> of ambition. We are going yes. to talk about this. This yes. is so, I mean, that just, yes, yes, yes. Great big yes. Um, so what it feels like on the other side is freedom. That's mm. the word that I would say it feels like it. it's worth waiting for. It's yeah. worth kind of that sting in your heart, almost like God's a, you know, a heart surgeon and he comes in and he's gentle, but there's a little bit of that prick where you go, Oh, wow. That was my ego. Yeah. Right. And so I think that there's some pain in it and there's some loss in it, almost a grief of like what I, I, like my grandiose dreams or something during it, during the process of pruning. And then he goes, okay, now we're ready. And it feels like yeah. freedom because I'm no longer trying to, like, earn my place at the table. I, I'm no longer, like, hustling to succeed. It's coming from a place of this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. I want to serve the world. And this is super fun.
0: Like, it's way, I guess that's mm-hmm. what I would say, Don. It's way more fun We'll return to my conversation with Sue in just a moment. But first, I want to ask you, do you ever struggle with procrastination? If so, I can completely relate. I struggled with procrastination for years, and it affected my business, my relationships, even my health. I felt like I tried every planner out there, but just nothing worked. A couple of years ago, I decided to create my own daily planning page, and almost immediately it was like a miracle. Suddenly I was more productive, less stressed out, and finally felt in control of my time and my results each day. It was hard to believe that something so simple could make such a big difference, but it did. I call it the Peak Page, and it was so helpful for me that I want to give it away for free to you. Just go to donsadlercom peak to download the free daily planner. More than a thousand people have downloaded the daily planner and are using it to get better results in their day, and you can too. Just go to donsadlercom peak. And now, back to my conversation with Sue Bistro. And I love that. And the thing I also want to get to is it's still okay to be driven, right? Like the Bible, percent. Oh, <laughs> I just did a message on this. Like the Bible actually calls us to strive. The apostle Paul many times calls us to strive. It is just that we strive for the things of God in God's strength, not our own strength, not for our own pride. But I feel like as a driven person myself, I feel like I am sometimes misunderstood as doing this for my own ego or my own whatever. But I think drive is a gift. Do you think drive is a gift or you think I'm off base there? Drive is a gift. Absolutely, 100%.
1: You know, um, I heard someone say, you don't want to get to the end of your life and be standing before the Lord and the person that you could have been Meets the person mm. that you are. Ugh,
0: oh, oh, That's right? gonna stick with me, mm-hmm.
1: right? I mean, yeah. and God isn't asking us to sit back. And I think this is sometimes an issue with Christians. I've seen this where it's like you're almost just anesthetized. Like you're great. You have grace. You're saved. You love the Lord. And so you're you're kind of sitting around like lazy, almost. Like oh well. It is what it is. The Lord will take care of it. And I'm like, well, no, 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 right? Like, Get right. Like up and go. And so I, I think that it can be framed that drive is a negative or non-Christian or something like that. And I think that's totally wrong and off base. So I am with you on this. Um, understanding that the way that we were originally designed, including that drive, including that like three on the Enneagram, all that, that Mm -hmm. is from the Lord. And so he's asking us to move forward and do what he's asking us to do as us. He's not saying now um, be super like quiet about it and don't tell anybody that you want to do this thing, right? That's just counterproductive. And that's from the world too. Uh, I think from a lot of messages we receive as women, um, that women, as Christian women, you know, we should be humble, we should be quiet, we should be subservient, we should be, so there's a lot of that mixed in, and then the American woman who's like, I'll do what I, I'll do whatever I please, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we get yeah. all these mixed messages and we're like, wait a minute, so drive is bad? Because we're saying that it's almost... um that unhealthy where you don't care about other people, but it's not that. When it comes from the Lord, it's your original design and he's got plans and purposes for you
0: and time is a ticking. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. And you can be very driven in serving people, which I think coach is doing, but it also like uh, that, there's that verse in Exodus, which it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Mm -hmm. But the very next verse is, God saying, What are you crying out to me for? Get moving. Like that's the very oh, next verse. Oh, I love and that. And so yeah. And so we we get stuck. I like I I talk to so many people that get stuck. I'm just gonna be still. I'm just gonna wait. I'm just you know, I'm gonna wait on the Lord. And yes and amen to that. That is biblical, and there is a time and a place for that, but that is not the whole picture. And I love those two verses together because I I am like that is so true. It's both and it's not either or. And um yeah so well, I just think
1: and on that note um so with when I created great big yes for coaching it's got three pillars and the first one is foundation and the second one is focus and then the third one is flow and the foundation piece is that um, the Lord will fight for you. The foundation piece is your identity is secure. The the foundation right. piece is your salvation is secured. Like th- That's the foundation piece. You are beloved. That's the foundation piece. And, and until we get that, we won't be empowered to take that action. But once we get that, then we need to focus. Then we need the strategy. We need the action. We need to move forward. And that's when we get to that third piece, which is the flow, where we're actually living in our original design. We're actually accepting and receiving all the gifts and talents that He's given us, and we're putting them out there unabashedly. Like We're boldly stepping forward and saying, here's who I am. I am good. God created me, and I want to serve the world in the ways that I can only serve the world, in my own unique way. And so, yes, I love those verses together too, because They're both true, right? And as a coach, that's what we know. Coaching is about moving forward. It's about taking action. And so um, I don't think that's counter to what Christ says to do at all. I think it's right
0: in line with it. So agree. Let me ask you about this. And by the way, for our listeners, like we literally just turned on the microphone and said, let's just go for it. We have no plan. So I love where this is going. But I do want to take a moment and go back to the multi-passionate thing because I talked to so many women who are multi-passionate who feel guilty, mm-hmm. lazy, flaky, shame and I don't know if you've experienced that like I feel like there have been different seasons of my life for sure and I feel God in all of them and I think and and I don't know about your I know we're a similar age, but when I grew up, like success was, you got a job, you worked there until retirement, you got the gold watch, you got the pension, like that was success. Yeah. And I think that there's still some of that that is um, that is like, I don't know, in my brain or in in some of the things that I hear. But I talk to so many women, even young women um, in their early 20s who say, I feel like there's something wrong with me because I do feel called to more than one thing. What would you say to somebody who was struggling with that?
1: I think we're all called to more than one thing. I think the old, um, I agree with you, the old kind of view of you worked for that same company forever and got the gold watch. um, I think that's completely outdated. I mean, I know it is. Uh, People don't do that at all anymore. And entrepreneurialism is like the thing right now. If you think about 2020, (laughs) if you think about, okay, so maybe you were a CPA at a firm but you also wanted to always write a book. And then 2020 came and you had more time or you had more flexibility and you were able to finally do that thing that you've always thought about doing. Or maybe you've always painted or you're creating jewelry. You're making jewelry at home for your friends and you decided to start an Etsy shop. I don't think these things are um, mutually exclusive. Like I think that's the beautiful way that God made us. And the creativity piece, I think, is often the way that people connect to God. So a lot of times people poo-poo it. People are like, oh, well, I got to make money, so I'm an attorney, but I really love to paint. But I never do that. I never make time to do that, right? And so I'm always encouraging people. It's another invitation. It's another part of you. God's trying to like open us up to our full abundant selves. And so when we try to stay in one lane, um, I think that's part of the reason too, when I was younger and started Great Big Yes, I feel like I, there was like this, where I lived, it was a very affluent, educated place and people were, there was one path to success you know, you go to college and then you get this job, you get this career in finance and you make a lot of money and you have two kids and you live in this home and you have a summer home. And, you know, there was like this path and it really just didn't ring true to me. Like, I felt like God was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm more expansive. You're more expansive. Let's look at all the ideas and all the paths. And so I really feel like, part of that is cultural. We think, okay, I have to be on one path, but I just don't believe it to be true at all. So I I would say to people, I would encourage them, wherever you feel the energy, go there. If you get super excited about doing an Instagram reel like me and you want to do those for all day long (laughs) and you're like outfit changing and trying a lot of new music out, have fun do that thing, right? Or if you want to go learn to dance. I know so many women our age are like I'm going to take a dance class. I'm like that's fantastic. Um you know, you just don't know where it's going to lead. A lot of women have started writing, writing out their stories or speaking or starting to even just post things on Instagram and they're finding like wow, I have a lot to say. I really like this. So I would say go where the energy is, you know? Um, Yes, the bills need to be paid, but go where the energy is when you have time to yourself. And don't just sit and scroll and watch everybody else's story. Like create your own story. Say yes to your own life. Um, But it doesn't have to look like anybody else's, you know? And that's why I love saying I'm a yes coach because sometimes the reason nobody's done it the way that you're doing it is because nobody's been you yet. (laughs) Like you can be a basketball playing, ballroom dancing CPA (laughs) if you want.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's, uh, tell me if you, what your perspective is on this. I feel like yes to everything that you've said. I feel like we have lost in many cases doing some of these things just for delight. Like God wants to give us joy. He wants to give us delight. He wants to give us rest. It turns, it seems like everything has become a side hustle, right? Like I want to take ballroom dancing and the next thing I know, I'm teaching a course, you know, a 15 part (laughs) course on it. And listen, I love the courses. I do the courses. I make the courses, all the courses. But I just wonder if somewhere along the way we have lost... Um, there's that line in chariots of fire when he, when the guy says, I, when I run, I feel the pleasure of the Lord. I feel Mm. the pleasure of God. I don't, whatever that is. Do you think that we are sort of in a society now where we have lost that a little bit? Like everything has to have a goal or a a passive revenue stream. Tell me about your thoughts on that. And it's okay if you disagree.
1: Oh, I, I totally agree. Um, I do it a lot. And I I think that's where the three comes out too, right? The Enneagram three. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, I could turn this into a career. Yeah, I I do too. I do (laughs) too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, I took a yoga um, teacher training once. It was yoga for kids. And one of the homework assignments was to go play. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there was anything ever more difficult for me.
0: (laughs) I had to just I
1: so you know, get that. I so get that. Right. Like I just had to go play. So it was mid-afternoon and I live in Texas. So I went out and I got in my pool by myself. My kids were at school and I started playing basketball. We have a hoop. I started playing basketball from the pool. It was so awkward. I was like, this is weird. Somebody's <laughs> going to stop by and ring the doorbell right now. Somebody official is going to need me. The phone is yeah. going to ring and I'm going to be in the pool. Like this seems so wasteful. But through that exercise, I realized that exactly what you're saying. I had forgotten how to just play, like how to just do something just for the sheer joy of it. And by the end of this time of me doing this. There was like a set time we had to do it for too, because they knew that everyone was going to like, try to stop after a minute. Um, yeah. but I just kept doing it. And I, I was laughing at myself and just kind of at how we think that time is. So we think we don't have enough time to play, or we think we don't have, um, we just, we aren't allowed. It's like a lot of times all we need is permission. Just to be fully ourselves. Like we have permission. You know, my favorite picture of Jesus, it's on my computer. So I'm looking at it right now, is he's laughing. And I love that because I do think he gets a kick out of us. I do think that he delights in us. And I do think that he wants us to have that joy, that childlike joy that just comes from appreciating you know, if you're just on a walk and you're appreciating nature, you know, yeah, you're not being productive, but you really are being so productive, right? like you're meeting with God in those moments. and so um, yeah, I hear you though everybody's got a side hustle and I am totally I fall into that trap all the time. I'm like, and and then I, I see it for other people. Sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I'm doing this thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you could totally make a course out of that and people are like, I, don't I do want that too.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I so do that too. I yeah. recently felt like God told me to take up art and I and I thought, I must have misheard you because I'm terrible at art. And he's like, that's the point. Yes, You cannot turn that into a business. You have no talent for it. So just do it for fun. And it really was super helpful for me this year with everything going on in 2020. I would just sit down for hours and just like make bad art. And it was so joyful. Well, I love that. And I love what you said,
1: that you aren't good at it. I think it's really hard for certain personalities like mine. If I'm not good at something, I just won't do it. And yeah. and yeah. one of the things I have to coach people on a lot is um, it's okay to not be good at something. It's okay to try something and have it not work out. In fact, that's the only way we learn. And taking action will bring clarity. So yeah, you may not be good at that and that's okay. Then we'll go in a different direction. Or you may have done something that didn't turn out exactly as you planned. That's okay. You learn from it. That's an experience. And so I think that's a skill too, like being willing to not be good at something, being willing to be a beginner and not need to have everything mastered before we do it.
0: Yeah. And I think also anytime that we create, I think that's sacred space. If we love God and we are, you know, we show up in that space um, with the creator, our creator, our creator, I just think that it's okay to be bad at it. It's not even the point, right? Right. Uh, There are, everything that you're saying is correct, that you've got to try and you've got to be willing to try new things. But sometimes being bad is the point. It is just time with the Lord spent in the pleasure of creating. Yes, I love that. Hey, um, in the time that we have left, first of all, thank you for being willing just to turn on the microphone, go wherever (laughs) today that, uh, I have loved this conversation, but, um, we are at the brink of a brand new year. And I know that this has been a hard year for a lot of our listeners who maybe feel discouraged or maybe feel like their goals have gone off track or even like they don't even want to, don't even want to dream. Like they can't even dream with so much uncertainty, um, still ahead of us. So what are three tips that you would give to our listeners other than hiring you as their coach, which is also a great tip, but what are three tips that you would give to somebody who really wants to say yes to something that they feel God is calling them to, but they just like, they can't do it? What what encouragement would you give them?
1: Okay. So I went through a course where they taught us to do this, and I think it's um, pretty amazing. Um, First off, what if you made a list? Now, they were calling this your badass list. So I need <laughs> you to make a list. Of That's things. my favorite
0: curse word of all time, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Um, make a list of things that really remind you of how awesome you are. And they can be lists of anything. In your life, anything that's happened and maybe we need to even make that list for 2020, even though it's our tendency to be like that this year was awful, there are some things that have happened in this year that are good. You can find them. But if you look back at your life and you say, okay, these are the reasons why I'm a badass. These are the reasons why I'm strong. These are the reasons why I'm capable. And you look at those things and you have that list for yourself as a resource. You can return to that list. You can look at that list because here's the truth. You've made it through everything that's happened to you. Right. And that's amazing. (laughs) You're strong. You're resilient, right? But it's not just because a coach tells you you're strong and resilient or because you see a post on Instagram that tells you you're strong and resilient. When you write down this list of why you're strong and resilient, you're going to be amazed with yourself. You're going to be like, I'm so awesome. So as a practical tool, I would say, make that badass list. Why are you so awesome? What have you made it through? What have you accomplished? And not accomplished like in the way of making money, but like, you know what? I learned to take a deep exhale when the first half of my life was all about performance. Mm. That's badass. Some people never get to that spot where they're willing to, to do that, to shift like that. What has God taught you? What have you learned? What is the wisdom that you've gained? So make that list. And along those same lines, I would say, make that gratitude list for what has happened in this last year, even though all the external circumstances have been unpredictable and you know wildly out of control. What are you grateful for? What has God given you in that time? What have you learned? And then I guess my third thing was just really my first thing and my everything is pray.
0: Ask yeah. God.
1: Where do you want me to go with this Lord? What are you teaching me? What am I Give me eyes to see where those dots connected in the past and and lead me into the future and help help me connect the dots, help me serve, you know. What what can I do? based on kind of what I've been through, right? Because it is this continuum. It will make sense in the end. It will make sense looking back, right? And even now when we're like, I don't even know why he's asking. Like you said, why are you asking me to do art, Lord? (laughs) Yeah. Right? So it's understanding one, again, that you are capable, you are resilient, not because I said so, but because you have proven that in your life. So really taking some time to look at that for yourself. Yeah. and then just being grateful and asking God, all right, where to next? You know, um, you know, I coach people mostly on clarity and confidence. That's really what it boils down to because there's a million mindset things we come across and there's a million different things with marketing and they don't know how to start. So we get clear on what you want to do and then we have to get confident. We have to do that mindset piece. And I know you coach a lot on mindset too, but I think it, it really is rooted in that belief and that knowing of your worthiness and your identity in Christ and your badassness in all the things that you've made it through, knowing that the future will be the same. You can trust God because he's trustworthy and he has been, but sometimes we need to drop the pin and we need to say, wow, look at what, how far I've come. Look at all these things I've learned. Look at all these things I've done. I can do it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Mm. So, in just a moment, I'm going to have you pray over our listeners. Um, and I have loved this conversation Me so too. much. Um, but before we do that, uh, please share with our listeners where they can find you online.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm at greatbigyes.com. That's my website. So, everything's there. I'm most active on social media on Instagram at greatbigyes. And um, I'm also on Facebook. Great Big Yes and Twitter and LinkedIn under Sue Bidstrip, But really, I'm on Instagram. That's where I spend all my time <laughs> for social media. Um, that's my favorite place to be. And that's where you and I connected. So I feel like I'm connecting with my people over there and I love it. So join me over at Great Big Yes on Instagram and then go to GreatBigYes.com. I have a membership for entrepreneur women who are launching and growing their business. And so that's really um, what I'm focused on right now. I love to invite women into the membership where they can be in community and collaborate with other women who are also on this path. Because, you know, you and I talking, we speak the same language, but a lot of times as an entrepreneur, women are like at home in front of their computer kind of wondering, like, does anyone even get me? Like, does anyone understand what I'm doing? And I always say, you don't have to do this alone. There's a whole bunch of us, um, Setting out and doing what God's calling us to do. A a whole bunch of us saying yes. So, all that information is on my website at greatbigyes.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Do you mind praying for us? No, I would love to. I would love to.
1: Father God, I just thank you for this time with Dawn. I thank you for the connection. We know that there's no coincidences, that there's just divine appointments. And so, we thank you that you've connected us and that you have. People listening to this conversation. We know, um, we don't know who, um, but we know that you do. And so we thank you for that, God. I just ask every woman out there who's listening and is feeling maybe stuck, God, that you would just um, light a fire in her heart, God. I ask that you would just give her energy and um, excitement around what brings her alive, God, that she wouldn't feel that she should quote, be anything other than who she is, God, that you made her exactly as you wanted her to be. And she's beautiful, God, inside and outside. And she has um, a future ahead of her that's bright. God, I would ask for a softening of any heart that feels um, hurt or um, uh, angry, God, or um, alone I would ask that you would just come into their hearts, God, and just invite them into a new yes, a new expansive of yes, that's freedom and uh, joy and abundance, God, that, um, that they do have um, the ability to step forward and live the life and create the life that they really want, that you have for them, God. Um, the passion that you've put in their heart, the desire that you've put in their heart. And so I just ask a blessing over every woman listening. And I ask a blessing over Dawn and her um, work that she's doing and her clients and all the transformational work that's going on through her coaching, God, that you would bless it, that we would bless her, um, that you would bless all of us as we move forward into this new year. Um, mm, Sorry, <laughs> for the new year, God. I ask that we would have eyes to see what you're doing, God, and that we would have no fear moving forward. We thank you in advance. We trust you completely and we love you and praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.
0: Amen. <laughs> Amen. Sue, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me, Don. It's been so awesome. Thanks. I'd like to thank Sue Bistrup for joining me on the show today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Sue online at donsadler.com slash 047. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please take a moment to subscribe and to leave us a review on iTunes. This helps us reach more listeners with incredible testimonies of God's faithfulness in business. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. Conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler, the Christian Productivity Coach. Thanks for listening.